Hello everyone and welcome to Imperfect Parenting Podcast, another episode. A shout out to, to, to our good friend Deb Sims um, all the way in Florida. She wanted to see a picture of the brown couches so so I'm going to post that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick up a picture of these beautiful luxurious chocolate brown couches Rob and uh, we're going to see what people have to say about them whether they like them or not. Uh, dear Stu, exposing the office. So yeah, but Rob, we we here again, and we were just chatting just now about yeah, just a little bit about the last couple episodes. Uh, it's been good, good listening to them, and I've had to listen to them a couple times, and it's been really actually quite, quite helpful to me to re-listen to them and to rethink about some of the things that you were talking about last time. So, what do you have in mind for us today? Yes, Stu, and uh, hats off to you for re-listening. I have been going on a bit around this whole level one, level two. Um, but hopefully as we go on, um, the idea behind it will become clearer for us and, and more user-friendly. Um, so uh, let's hope that that happens. And you can keep me to that, Stu, if it doesn't make um, the kind of sense it needs to. Um, thinking about... Uh, what we've been discussing too, also from my side, um, I guess really it's around, um, as we talk to our children around what matters, um, whether it's in themselves or what it is that they do, I think really what we're doing as parents is we are um, creating meaning. We are giving them direction. We are, if you like, shining a light on the road ahead as well as encouraging them as youngsters to believe in themselves and to and to go for it and to make good even in this difficult time so when we start to think about that i guess what i'm saying is that um, during this time of covid perhaps more than ever we as parents are needing to think about ourselves as leaders in the home Um, that's what's been occurring to me more and more Um, And Stu, I know that you are very much involved in leadership. I think you'd agree that one of the the cornerstones of leading a group of people or even leading one person um, involves connecting with that person. It involves staying connected, checking in and making sure that uh, you know as their leader where they're at. I think that would be true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think think the relational relational aspect of, of leadership I would think matters more than most. So with that in mind, and by the way, thank you for agreeing with me. (laughs) So with that in mind, what I want to do um, in this next section is move away from mattering or push that to the background and now foreground um, feeling, uh, which really involves emotions and connecting um, with each other's emotions within the home. So this is really what I'm wanting to look at um, in the next few episodes, this idea of feeling and paying attention to the emotional currents going on in the home. I mean, I think we all know that um, these have been tough times. Um, I'm sure there's been good. Let's not forget that feeling is also around happiness, zest, you know, laughter, um, satisfaction, peacefulness. There's all of those good things. But uh, we humans, we tend to remember and be marked by, you know, the grotty feelings more than the, than the good, uh, sadly. Um, and this has been a tough time. I mean, in some cases, um, folk I've worked with have unfortunately had to deal with terrible um, experiences of loss. And of course, there's been symbolic loss around work 
or loss around freedoms, but there's also been a loss of loved ones, which is a big deal. And we will come to that um, in due course um, for lots of folk, um, even if they haven't been personally um, affected by COVID and and losing a loved one. Um, people have had to put up with frustrations, sometimes getting really angry. We have our freedoms curtailed. There's all sorts of difficulties in that. Chronic anxiety. I mean, I think the problem is that no sooner have we got over one worry than another one surfaces, you know. We get the vaccine and then we start to worry about blood clotting. I mean, for goodness me, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to end. Um, there's so many things to worry about when uh, it comes to, to, to the time we're in. And then too, you know, there are, certainly for young people and, and for old folk, a sense of despair, a sense of meaninglessness. You know, what's it all about? This is what I used to do. It no longer is the case. Does what I do matter? Um, why does it matter? So there are some really tough emotions that are reverberating around the home. And we as parents, we as leaders in the home, we've got to make sure that we are going to stay connected through what can be some really tricky spaces. And it's that that I want to start talking about today. Yeah, you know, for me, feelings and the feelings that, that go on with me and with my children uh, have been something that I've felt I wanted to learn a lot more about. Um, and and understand better, and I think uh, th this is no better time than this to actually to actually do that. Yeah, I feel that way too as a parent and as a practitioner, no doubt about it. So I thought really uh, again based on personal experience as well as uh, the folk I see, the first thing that I would say to us as parents is be brave, be brave when it comes to emotions. And what I mean by that really is that I found that talking to our children about emotions can actually be quite daunting. It can be scary. Um, in some cases, it might apply to a little child, um, but it certainly applies uh, to children sort of 12 and up. It can be tough to open up that box. Um, oftentimes, our children, you know, might... Uh, seem out of sorts, they might even seem angry, uh, they may, may seem quite private, might have withdrawn from us, and it can take quite a bit of courage um, for us as parents to be brave and say, you know what, I'm going there. Also because I think for us as people, typically when we are um, uh, feeling horrible or dealing with difficult emotions, we prefer not to go there. I think a lot of us would tend to want to avoid uh, talking about feelings. Um, um, it can be scary. Um, and it, we can be tempted as parents to just leave it, to feel like, well, look, I'll watch and see. And if it gets really bad, um, then maybe I'll talk. And I would say, don't. Don't do that. Now is the time to be brave. Now is the time as leaders in the home to actually initiate and um, I'll use myself as an example, if you like, and I'm embarrassed to say that I've only really come to this fairly recently. And that is to say that I'm, I'm more insistent now that my kids get out of the room because in the evenings, that's where they scurry off to. They go to their rooms. And I say to them, no ways, we're going to congregate. We're going to get together. That this is a time to sit around a table and that this is a time 
to switch off media. Not all the time because we need to check out sometimes. I spoke about checking out the other day. But uh, this is a time. If we're going to connect, we've got to make sure that there isn't some screen that's taking at least half of our attention. So be brave would be the first bit of advice that I would like parents to consider seriously. Practically, Rob, I mean, be brave. So you've just given an example. I mean, are you also talking about being brave with actually finding out where someone's at? And how do you go about doing that? It's exactly that, because I think, certainly if I think of myself as a parent, I sort of don't want to know. It's scary, in fact, how often as parents, we don't really want to know that our kids aren't happy. And I think it, it's partly because their distress distresses us. When they are upset, you know, it, it makes us anxious. So there might be an unconscious temptation to sort of let it go and to say, oh, well, you know, I don't know what it is, but let's see where they are in the morning, you know, and, and let it go for a day. So I think there is a tendency amongst us to to leave emotional distress. And also, though, in every day, even if you forget about COVID for a moment, in any event, very often in social spaces, people become uncomfortable around difficult feelings. And usually silence or um, some sort of polite joke or a way of moving around the uncomfortable emotion, the awkwardness, if you like, is something that most of us are pretty adept at. We might even have learned it when we were really young, that we don't go there. We simply move on and talk about something a lot safer. That's certainly how I grew up. Uh, and again, I, d I don't place any blame at my parents' feet. I just think it was where they found themselves and, and, and that. But I definitely grew up in an, in an environment where you know, we, we didn't really go there. And, and I learned that. And I'm still trying to unlearn some of that and trying to, trying to learn about actually talking about what's going on inside of me. Would you say talking about yourself as a starting point? I mean, I do think so. I guess depending on the ages of our children, I might have said this already, but when our children are perhaps quite young, we don't let them in on too much of what's going on inside of us. But then as they get older, we do start to let them know what's going on inside of us. So, but let's just set children aside for a moment. I'm saying it at, at the very least, let's be prepared to look underneath, you know, uh, our own covers, if you like, and see what is going on inside of us. And then to take it a step further, to tell someone what's actually going on inside of us, a partner, a spouse, a friend. And again, it can be quite awkward. It can, you can feel, you know, a little silly. You can feel a little vulnerable. It's easier to not talk. It's easier to to go on as though we're fine. And I do think you're right, Stu, that if we're not able to go there ourselves, well, gee, we're not going to be able to lead our children if we're going to ask them to go there, you know, because we'll be, in fact, implicitly obeying the rule, don't go there. So, yes, for sure, it absolutely involves us. And, and what would you say to people who's, who kind of are like, well, why is this, why is this important for, for me? You know, for me to actually understand what's going on inside of me. I've kind of got on pretty well with my life so far. Do I really need to do this? Well, you know, there are some tough folk out there. There are some very resilient people out there. So well and good. You know, if you're a person who is emotionally resilient, well and good. Although I will say that it's my experience that life will find us out, that there will be something that will crack our combination, our code, if you like, and get underneath 
our coping mechanisms and and wash us out i think life has a way of doing that unfortunately so i don't think anyone gets through this without actually experiencing emotional uh, a trouble but even if you are an emotionally emotionally resilient person who cope and you're coping really well I'm saying that as a parent, you've got to up your game. You've got to, as a leader, understand that your kids probably aren't there at all. And they need you to be able to lead them through their emotional distress. Now, here's the challenge. If we ourselves as parents block certain aspects of our experiences, if we don't let ourselves be weak, if you like, our children will have learned that from us. And they will have, without any words having been said, learned from us that you don't go there. There's something, if you like, wrong or shameful about going there. So this is not for sissies. This is big league look in the mirror stuff. Um, we do need to go there for the sake of our kids because I know as a, as a parent and a practitioner, they simply aren't equipped emotionally to deal with these times. They really aren't. And then just as a final, a final question, so to when we're looking at ourselves, I certainly have found writing a helpful way for me to, to do that. Does that make sense to you? What What are the ways that, that you practically would say starting something like this, a process, or even wanting to continue it? I think writing is a brilliant thing to do because it forces us to articulate what's going on. It's one thing to have a feeling, but a feeling isn't articulated, is it? It's It's simply an internal experience. And what you're doing in writing is you are paying attention to what's going on inside of you and then taking it one step further and putting that into words. And we're going to need those words if we're going to be able to talk to our children or in your case to uh, the folk that you work with. You need words to take folk there. So you're doing a really, really good thing in that regard. And, and that, that makes me also remember though, um, a friend of mine who has said to me that they can't, they find it just too scary to actually go there, Rob. And to be honest, I didn't know what to say at that particular time. What would you say to that? The scariness is already an emotion. So this is the thing is that we're in the sea whether we like it or not. We are living in the in the in in the experience of emotions all the time. And I would say to that person with absolute compassion and no sense of urgency, I'm not to say to someone you've got to get this done by sunset. But I'd say to them, okay, that's that that's that feeling afraid, that 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 fear that you're feeling. Work on that. Work with that. What is it about? Why am I afraid? And start there. And no doubt that person will track his or her history, um, personal experiences, where he or she is at right now. Why does it happen to be scary? When do I feel that fear? There's all sorts of ways of approaching this, and all of that will pay off when it comes to turning to our kids. Thanks, Rob. Um, really good to, to hear your thoughts on, on some of these things. So look out for the, the photo of the brown couch and a couple of quotes, and uh, we look forward to hearing your comments and your thoughts on this episode of the Imperfect Parenting Podcast.